When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Pension strategies for the self-employed. The UK workforce might be more flexible, but freelancers are far less likely to be paying into a pension. We give you some ideas to get started, set a strategy, and get your pension sorted. Is the sun shining on homeowners who have invested in solar-powered properties? Lindsay Cook, our money mentor, drops in to say why. And if you're hoping for the best while planning for the worst, our wealth man columnist Jason Butler joins me to talk about financial planning for life's transitions before they happen. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT Money Editor, bringing you all of this week's money news. The rise of the so-called gig economy means more UK workers than ever before are classified as freelance or self-employed. Yet, staggeringly, only one quarter of the 4.8 million individuals who are not in a traditional 9-to-5 job are paying into a pension. That's down from 40% a decade earlier, according to the ONS. Are you one of them? If so, help is at hand, as Josephine Cumbo, the FT's pension correspondent, has been writing about this issue this week, and she joins me now in the FT studio. Welcome, Jo. Good morning, Claire. Well, this is a bit of a shocker, isn't it? I mean, it's fair to say that the self-employed have been largely forgotten in recent pension reforms. That's exactly right. There is a pension savings crisis in this country, and policy efforts have almost exclusively focused on addressing this for people in full-time paid employment. Over the past seven years, more than 10 million people have been enrolled into a workplace pension thanks to a policy known as automatic enrolment. AE. AE. And they're getting pensions, they're saving into it, they're putting money aside, and also their boss is paying into their pension on their behalf. So there's been a massive effort, and that's actually helped bridge the retirement savings gap. But in contrast, as you mentioned, the numbers saving into a pension who are self-employed, there's been a dramatic slump from 40%. 10 years ago to 25% today. And that's really quite alarming. And it says that the self-employed really are a forgotten tribe. Now, looking into the reasons why, obviously not earning much money, it could be one of the reasons, but being self-employed is much more precarious financially than being a wage slave like we are. Your earnings can go up and down and pension savings by their very nature are locked away. So it's much harder for the self-employed person to put money aside for the long term. That speaks to a lot of reasons why pensions are shunned by the self-employed because 
locking your money away in a pension means you can't get at it if you're if you're having a break for example you can't get you know your your income fluctuates you might need that cash what you find with the self-employed is that they're typically building up a cash pile in a cash account somewhere mm. where they can get that ready access in case there's a dry spell in terms of work etc or, or sickness because they won't or be sickness. in terms of sickness that's right and and you find that you know the nature of self-employment has changed quite a lot you get sort of the traditional entrepreneurs and um, one-man businesses who might be banking on their business as their retirement fund. But as you mentioned, there's a a newer breed of self-employed known as the gig economy workers who go from job to job. And in doing so, they do have work, but they're not getting the benefits of being in in employed work and having a workplace pension, etc. So there is a group who will struggle to save for a a pension anyhow. But the, the, a key problem is, is when speaking to a lot of people who are self-employed, whether they're an entrepreneur or a manager, they're too busy. They can't get around to dealing with their pension or they haven't sorted it or they don't understand the tax breaks that you can get from saving into a pension. And as your case study says in the article, you know, wage slaves have got an HR department that they can go and knock on the door of and, and she doesn't have that and is going from job to job. Too busy. Exactly. How does she find the time to become a pensions expert? Well, the answer, of course, is read your most excellent piece in the FT Weekend on Saturday. Um, you've set out some really clear news you can use um, about different types of pension, why you should save into a pension. But there's also a rather alarming um, section about charges. And you found that the charges on pensions products for the self-employed can be really high. Yes. Um, unlike workers in, in employment they who have a charge cap on the pensions that they save into, fund charge cap of 0.75%, there is no similar protection for self-employed workers. And I've found that charges can be up to 1%, even 2% on their fund. And that can really impact on your returns over 20, 30 or 40 years. So it's very important to shop around when it comes to looking for a pension. Charges are one aspect of it, of, of finding a pension when you're self-employed. But other other things are very important too. For example, you want ease of access if you're busy, perhaps you want wanting to check it on your iPhone, flexibility, mm. and finding a pension that will suit you if you have irregular payments. For example, if you need to stop and start, for um, you know, you you need to find a pension that's going to meet all those or tick all those boxes because you aren't getting a regular salary each month. Absolutely. And your piece covers private pensions, um, self-invested personal pensions, native SIPs and also stakeholder pensions. It's really easy to read. If you're self-employed and you don't have much time, you could even read it on your iPhone on the FT app. Just make sure you have iOS 10 or above. Thanks very much there to Josephine Cumbo. You can read the full article on the Money website from Friday, ft.com slash money or in the FT Weekend newspaper this Saturday. Do send us in your emails and letters in response to what you're doing with your pension if you're a self-employed worker. Sunshine has been a great investment for Lindsay Cook, our money mentor columnist. Just like thousands of others, she installed solar panels on her roof in the boom year of 2011, just before the coalition government began to claw back the allowable incentives. Seven years later, she's received a tempting offer to cash in some of her investment and joins me now to discuss. Welcome, Lindsay. Good morning. Before you tell us about the deal that you've been offered, take us back to 2011. What was the deal you signed up to then? Well, back then, we bought 16 solar panels and um, that cost £12,800. And in return, we got 43 pence 
per kilowatt hour of energy that we generated and um, that amounted to about £1,600 a year. And that's called the feed-in tariff? That's called the feed-in tariff. Also, our electricity bills were reduced because you can the energy you're generating, not only do you get paid for it, but you can use it as well. So when the sun comes out, I put the washing machine on or the dishwasher or whatever. We have Sunday lunch, not Sunday dinner anymore. And you you make money and um, it... it Cuts your bills quite considerably. Back in 2010, my electricity uh, bills were £104 a month. Now they're £60 a month. And that is over the year, of course, but that is quite some saving. And um, I have a little gadget on my desk which tells me how much electricity has been generated. The next stage, which we haven't done, would be to get a, a battery, a household battery, which would mean that when it's really sunny, you can store the electricity for the evening because at the moment, if it's really sunny, you can't use enough electricity to use all that's been generated. So you're obviously on a good deal and we know that many listeners also signed up to um, the solar incentives before 2011 as well. But you've received an offer through the post which sounded quite generous to essentially do a kind of equity release on the feed-in tariff that you've signed up to. Yeah, it's a solar buyback scheme. And I was curious, it came just in the post and um, it offered a lump sum. um, If they could have the income, the feed-in tariff, for the next 18 years, um, they would put a gadget, a metre in my garage to count the um, electricity we were scoring. They would also insure us, um, so if anything fell off the roof or didn't work, they would repair it. Um, So it takes the worry of that away. And they would give us uh, just shy of £14,000. Now, I've worked out that I will probably get £26,000, £27,000 over the next 18 years. But it's a lump sum now. It means, you know, if you were thinking of moving house, it might be well worthwhile to you. Also, they did the sums and said, you keep your um, cheaper electricity, because I can't take that away, and they reckon that you get another £8,000 over the next 18 years. So quite a lot to consider. Clearly some arbitrage there. They're offering you a lump sum that's less than than the amount that you could generate over the, the life of your contract. But what are the pros and cons of this deal for people thinking that cashing in sounds like a good option? Well, if you need the money. If you need money and you would be paying interest to borrow money, then it's probably quite a useful thing to do now. Some people might want to help get their children onto the housing ladder or might have university costs or something like that. If you are moving house, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that even though those solar panels are producing 1600 a year and reducing our bills, I'm not sure we would get... 30,000 extra or 20,000 extra on our price if we sold it. So that is one consideration. So if you're moving house, yes, you do have a contract and the feed-in tariff goes to the other company, but um, the the new buyer still gets the uh, cheap electricity. Um, and it is a matter of whether it works for you. It's tax-free and, you know, Quite a lot of the people who bought these um, panels were older, so they might well be moving on to 
warden property or a smaller bungalow downsizing. or downsizing downsizing yeah. and mm. and they will not get the benefit so if you if you're staying put and you're going to live forever as i am you you're <laughs> you're going to keep the the deal and it's fine but it's in the background there i could contact them at any time and say actually we're thinking of moving what would i get now well a very interesting development there are many companies um, who've cropped up offering these services you can read more on this subject in Lindsay's money mentor column this week which is online now at ft.com slash money or in the money section this saturday as part of the ft weekend newspaper hope for the best but prepare for the worst that philosophy forms the basis of many financial plans but do you have one i'm joined by jason butler better known as the ft's wealth man columnist who's been peering into the future this week welcome to the podcast jason. hello so you start your column this week with a very sad story uh yeah it was sad um about 20 years ago when i was 29 it uh, seems like a long distant memory there were three things that we were doing all in the same year we my wife was expecting a first child we moved into our sort of dream family home some big rambling old thing that needed load spending on it and i started my first business now you know it's pretty pretty tough to do any one of those let alone all three but just at the end of that year my friend john uh from school died of a brain embolism very suddenly and he left a partner, his girlfriend, and two preschool children. And I suppose the, the paradox of it, what it got me thinking, is that my wife and I had all these wonderful plans and we were moving ahead. And suddenly my friend, his family situation just changed on a sixpence. Uh, he didn't know he was going to die. But the sad thing was that he had no will, they weren't married, there was no life assurance. It just was a literary disasters. So I suppose the, the takeaway there is that um, it's good to have plans. It's good to be moving forward and be optimistic about the future. But, but you know, life throws you curveballs. And it's kind of being anticipating what might happen so that you have a sense of confidence that you can actually forge ahead and, and make the most of your life. And we shouldn't underestimate the emotional impact um, of big life events on our health. I mean, I read in today's FT, for example, that the sudden loss of wealth can lead to an earlier death, according to a big US survey. Well, it can do because money is very closely associated with people's sense of self-worth, their self-identity, their self-esteem, their social status, whether they spend it and show it you know, conspicuously or whether they keep it very carefully and they're the sort of like called the millionaire next door who you know, it looks like they haven't got any money, but they've probably got more than the queen. And, and therefore, anything that affects that person's, anything where money is linking to their self-identity is an issue. I mean, for instance, I said in the article, one of the things is if you think the scarcity of money even if that's not the reality, but if you think it, it can actually affect your your IQ and it can depress your IQ temporarily. So therefore, if you've got to make a decision financially, you can end up sort of feeling under siege or just not thinking straight. So think about, for instance, if you've had a change of job or you're getting divorced or you've had a bereavement or, or any of these things that kind of subdue you emotionally, you can end up making silly decisions. But equally, you can have euphoria, you know, and when people come into having windfalls, as we mm. said before, they, they kind of, they don't see that money the same as their paycheck. So they might sort of go berserk and, and want to help everyone and, you know, change the world and buy things and lavish things for their friends. So so we can go both ends of this extreme uh, when it comes to the emotions of money. And for people who think, crikey, Jason, you're right, I need to make a plan. You don't advise that they try and tackle everything all at once. Yeah, well, if we talk here, what, what we're really saying, the point I'm making in the article is that, look, you can have all the plans in the world, but as, as we all know, the, the, the military saying says, you know, any military plan doesn't survive uh, contact with the enemy. 
What I'm talking about is you don't have to be too fixated about your life plan and where you're going in life and the role of money, although it's nice to do. I'm talking here about dealing with all the downside stuff, the kind of lingering stuff that's in the back of your mind that you want to get round to it, whether it's the sorting out the will or you know sorting out paperwork or nominations, all the nitty-gritty boring stuff. And what I say is that create a list prioritise it and sort of just nibble off small amounts and get a sense of confidence and action and momentum get to get things done. So, you know, don't try and say if you've if you've never looked at your shoebox of stuff for the last five years, you're not going to deal with it all in three months. So get a sense of confidence by sort of getting some stuff done. And if you can't get it done yourself, delegate it to someone who will. But just do small steps. You know, so it might be I'm going to add more money to my savings account over the next six months. I'm going to update my uh, nomination of uh, beneficiaries and my company pension scheme. Uh, um, Six months, it might be I'm going to increase my pension contributions with my pay rise. So lots of small things that you can do. But but as I say, the most important thing is to do a small number of things and get a sense of momentum and feel good that you're in control of your finances. And that's the number one thing. If you feel in control of your finances, that is almost up there with eating, breathing and sleeping. And you'll, you'll actually then be free and liberated to really enjoy all that life has to offer and see the role of money in context. Well, thanks very much there to Jason Butler, the FT's Wealth Man columnist. You can read his column online now at ft.com slash money or in the money section this Saturday as part of the FT Weekend newspaper. That's it from the Money Show this week. To get in touch with our team of writers or ask one of our experts to look into a financial dilemma, you can email us. Our address is money at ft.com or tweet us at ftmoney. And don't forget, you can read all of the articles mentioned and more on our website, ft.com slash money. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.